Ashley Bach here with Diane Palmer's book. Technically, it's book 39, but like I said before, I read book 31st because I believe it needs to be read first before this book. So here is Diane Palmer's book, Dangerous. And it's long like the book Lawless and Lawman. There's more than only 10 or 11 chapters. So here's Dangerous, chapter 1. Kill Raven hated mornings. He especially hated mornings like this one, when he was expected to go to a party and participate participate in Christmas gift giving. Gift giving. He, the rest of the police, fire, and emergency services people in Jacksonville, Texas, had all drawn names around the big Christmas tree in the EOC, the 9-1 Emergency Operations Center. Today was the day when presents, all anonymous, were to be exchanged. He slipped. Stepped black coffee in the Jacobsville police station and wished he could get out of it. He glared at Cash Grier, who smiled obliviously and ignored him. Christmas was the most painful time for him. It brought back memories of seven years ago when his life had seemed to end. Nightmarish visions haunted him. He saw them when he slept. He worked his own shifts and even volunteered to relieve other Jacobsville police officers when they needed a substitute. He hated his own company, but he hated crowds far more. Besides, it was a sad day, sort of. He had a big black child keeping him company at his rental house. He'd had to give it away because he wasn't allowed to keep animals at his apartment in San Antonio, where he would be returning soon. Still, Bib the Chow had gone to live with a young boy, a neighbor, who loved animals and had just lost his own chow. So it was faded, he guessed. He still missed the dog, though. Now he was expected to smile and socialize at a party and enthuse over a gift that would most certainly be a tie that he would accept and never wear or a shirt that was a size too small or a book he would never read. People giving gifts were kind-hearted, but mostly they bought things that pleased themselves. It was a rare person who could observe someone else and give just the right present, one that would be treasured at his job, his real job, not this role as a small-town police officer that he assumed as part of his covert operation in South Texas near the border with Mexico, he had to wear suits from time to time. Here in Jacobsville, he never wore a suit. A tie would be a waste of money to the person who gave him one for Christmas. He was sure it would be a tie. He hated ties. Why don't you just string me up outside and set fire to me? Kill Raven asked Cash Grier with a glowering look. Christmas parties are fun, Cash replied. You need to get into the spirit of the thing. Six or seven beers and you'll fit right in. The glare goes, I don't drink, he reminded his temporary boss. Now, isn't that a coincidence? Cash explained, neither do I. Then why are we going to a party in the first place and neither of us drink? The younger man asked. There won't serve alcohol at the party and for another, it's good public relations. I hate the public and I don't have relations. Kill Raven scuffed. <laughs> you do so have relations, came the tongue-in-cheek reply. A half-brother named John Blackhawk, a stepmother too, somewhere. Kilraven made a face. It's only for an hour or so, Cash said in a gentler tone. It's almost Christmas. You don't want to ruin the staff party, do you? Yes, Kilraven said with a bite in his deep voice. Cash looked down at his cup. When you Sinclair will be disappointed if you don't show up. If you're leaving us soon to go back to San Antonio, it would make your day to see you at the party. Kilraven reverted his case to the front window beyond, beyond which cars were driving around the town square that was decorated with its Santa sled and reindeer and a huge Christmas tree. Streamers had colored lights were strung across every intersection. There was a tree in the police station, too, decked out in holiday colors. Its decorations were, to say the least, unique. There was little handcuffs and toy guns and various emergency service vehicles and miniatures, including 
including police car. As a joke, someone had strung yellow police tape around it. Killraven didn't want to think about Winnie Sinclair. Over the past few months, she'd become a part of his life that he was reluctant to give up, but she didn't know about him, about his past. Someone had hinted at it because her attitude toward him had suddenly changed. The shy smiles and rap glance that he'd been getting had gone into clips, so that now she was formal and polite when they spoke over the policeman while he was on duty. He rarely saw her. He wasn't sure it was a good idea to be around her. She'd withdrawn, and it would be less painful not to close the distance. Of course it would. He shrugged his broad shoulders. I guess a few Christmas girls won't kill me, he muttered. Casket, I'll get Sergeant Miller to sing you the one he compromised just for us. <laughs> kill everyone, him. I've heard it, and please don't. He doesn't have a bad voice. Cash, for a carp, no. Cash, first I love it. It's yourself, Kill Raven. Don't you have a first name? Yes, I do, but I don't use it, and I'm not telling you to you. I'll get payroll. I bet payroll knows what it is, cash in the bank. They won't tell you, promise. I have a gun. So do I, and mine's bigger. Cash returned smartly. Listen, I have to do concealed carry in my real job, he reminded me, and it, it's hard to fit a 1911 Colt 45 ACP in my waistband so that it doesn't show. Cash out of both hands. I know. I know. I used to do concealed carry, too, but now I don't have to, and I can carry a big gun if I want to. Unless you don't carry a wheel gun like Dunn does, <laughs> he sighed, indicating Assistant Chief Judd Dunn, who was perched on the edge of his desk talking to a fellow officer with a forty-five Ruger Van Q and a fancy leather holster on his hip. He belongs to the Single Action Shooting Society, Cash reminded him, and they're having a competition this afternoon. He's our best shot. After me, kill him since my He's our best resident shot, Keen replied. You're our best migrating shot. I won't migrate far just to San Antonio. Kill Raven Silver Ice or something. I've enjoyed my time here. Less pressure. Cash imagine part of the reduced pressure was the absence of the bad memories Kill Raven still hadn't faced. The death of his family seven years ago in a bloody shooting, which brought to mind a more recent case, a murder that was still being investigated by the Sheriff's Department with some help from Alice Mayfield Jones, the forensic expert from San Antonio who was engaged to resident rancher Harley Fowler. Have you told Winnie Sinclair about her uncle? Cash asked in a hushed tone so they wouldn't be overheard. Kilraven Sugar said, I'm not sure that I should at this stage of the investigation. Her uncle was dead. Nobody's going to threaten Winnie or Boone or Clark Sinclair because of him. I'm not even sure what his connection to the murder victim is. No use upsetting her, so I have to. Has anyone followed up on his living girlfriend? I was any more luck than they had on the first interview. Kill her and She's so stoned on coke that she doesn't know the time of day. She can't remember anything that's of any use to us. Meanwhile, the police are going door to door around that strip mall near the apartment where the murder victim lived, trying to find anybody who knew the guy. Messy murder. Very messy. There was another case. That young girl who was found in a similar condition seven years ago. Cash recall. Kill her or not. Yes. Just before I lost. My family, he said, the circumstances are similar, but there's no connection that we can find. She went to a party and disappeared. In fact, witnesses said she never showed up at the party, and her date turned out to be fictional. Cash studied the American Quiet, killed Raven. You're never going to heal until you're able to talk about what happened. Kill Raven, silver eyes. What use is talk? I want the perp. He wanted vengeance. It was in his eyes. The heart set his jaw, and his very personal. 
I know how that feels. Cash me. The hell you do, Kilburn Bennett. The hell you do. He got up and walked off without another word. Cash had seen the autopsy photos. Didn't take offense. He was sorry for the other man, but there was nothing anybody could do for him. Kel Raven did go to the party. He stood next to Cash without looking at him. Sorry I lost my temper like that. He said gruffly. Cash always went, oh, I don't get ruffled by bad temper anymore. He chuckled. I've mellowed. Kel Raven turned a face and went, you have. Cash let him. It was an accident. What was? The pails over water or the sponge in his mouth? Cash grimmers. He shouldn't have called me a bad name when I was washing my car. I wasn't even the resting officer. It was one of the new patrol officers. Figured you were the top of the food chain, and he didn't like being seen him. Didn't like people seeing him carried off from the dentist office in a squad car. Kilraven said gleefully, obviously, since he was the dentist. But one of his prettier patients under with length being gas, and was having a good time with her when the nurse walked in and caught him. Doesn't explain why he moved here in the first place and settled into a small town practice when. Doesn't explain why he moved here in the first place and settled into a small town practice when he'd been working in a major city. Cash moved. He'd only been practicing here for a month when it happened back in the summer. Big mistake to start ragging at you in your own yard. I'm sure he noticed. Cash replied. Then you have to replace his suit. I bought him a very nice replacement. Cash read. The judge said I had to make it equal in price to the one I ruined with soap and water. He smiled angelically. She never said it had to be the same color. Where in the hell did you even find a yellow and green plaid suit? Cashlin coach. I have connections in the clothing industry. Kill Raven chuckled. The dentist left town the same day. Think it was the suit? I'm very much doubted. I think it was the priors I pulled up on him, Cash Black. I did just mention that I conducted two of his contacted two of his former victims. And gave them the name of a very determined detective out of Houston, I heard. Detectives are useful. Kill Raven was still staring at him. He said, well, I'm never talking to you when you're washing your car, and you can bet money on that. Kill Raven concluded, Cash just grinned. The 911 operation center was full. The nine-foot-tall Christmas tree had lights that were courtesy of the operation staff. The LED bulbs glittered prettily in all colors. Underneath there was a treasure trove of wrapped packages. They were all anonymous. Kill Raven glared at him, already anticipating the end one time. It's a tie, Kill Raven. Excuse me? Cash asked, my present, whoever got me something, it will be a tie. It's always a tie. I've got a closet full of the damn things. You never know. Cash it feels awfully. You might be surprised. Amid the festive Christmas music, staff of the operations center welcomed their visitors with a brief speech about the hard work they put in all year and listed some of their accomplishments. They thanked all the emergency services personnel, including EMTs, fire and police, sheriff's department and state police, Texas Rangers, and state and federal law enforcement for their assistance. The long refreshment tables were indicated and guests were invited to help themselves. Then the presents were handed out. Kill Raven was briefly stunned at the size of his you, unless it was a very large tie or camouflage, he wasn't sure what he snacked here. He turned a large square over in his hands with evident curiosity. Little blonde Winnie Sinclair watched him out of the corner of her dark eyes. She'd worn her blonde, wavy hair long around her shoulders because someone had said Kill Raven didn't like ponytails or buns. She wore a pretty red dress, very conservative, with a high neckline. She wished she could find out more about their ignominious officer. Sheriff Carson Haynes had said that some of Kill Raven's family had died in a murder years before, but she hadn't been able to worm any more information out of him. 
Now they had a real messy murder victim, actually their second one, killed in Jacobs County, and there was rumor around law enforcement circles that a woman in San Antonio had known the victim and died for it. There were even more insistent rumors that the cold case was about to be reopened. Whatever happened, Kilraven was supposed to leave and go back to his federal job in San Antonio after Christmas, when he had been more so unquiet for days. She actually drawn Kilraven's name for the secret present, although she had a hunch her co-workers had arranged it. They knew how she felt about him. She spent hours trying to decide what to give him. Not a tie. She thought everybody gave ties or handkerchiefs or shaving kits. No, her gift had to be something distinctive. Something that he wouldn't find on any shelf, store shelf. In the end, she put her arts out to work and painted him a very realistic portrait of a raven surrounded by a colorful beads as a border. She didn't know why. It seemed the perfect subject. Ravens were loners. Highly intelligent. Mysterious. Just like kill ravens. She had it matted at the local frame shop it didn't look bad she thought she hoped he might like it of course she couldn't admit that she'd given it to him the gifts were supposed to remain anonymous but he wouldn't know any way because she never told him that she painted as a hobby her life was magic just because Kilraven had come into it. Wendy came from great wealth, but she and her brothers rarely let it show. She enjoyed working for a living, making her own money. She had a little red VW that she washed and polished by hand, bought out of her weekly salary. It was her pride and joy. She worried at first that Kilraven might be intimidated by her moneyed background, but he didn't seem to feel resentment or even envy. In fact, she'd seen him dressed up once for a conference he was going to. His sophistication was evident. He seemed at home anywhere. She was going to be miserable when he was gone, but it might be the best thing. She was crazy about him. Cash Grier said the Kilraven had never faced his demons, that he wasn't fit for any sort of relationship until he had. That had depressed Winnie and affected her attitude toward Kilraven, not that it squashed her feelings for him. While she was watching him with helpless delight, he opened the present. He stood apart from the other officers in his department, his dark head bent over the wrapping paper, silver eyes intent on what he was doing. At least, at last, the ribbon of paper came away. He picked up the painting and looked at it narrow-eyed so still that he seemed to have stopped breathing all at once his silver eyes shot up and pierced right into winnie's dark ones her heart stopped in her chest he knew but he couldn't he gave her a glare that might have stopped traffic turned around and walked right out of the party with the painting held by its edge in one big hand he didn't come back when he was sick at heart she offended him she knew she had he'd been furious she fought tears as she sipped punch and nibbled cookies and pretended to be having a great time Kill Raven went through the motions of doing his job until shifting, and then he got into his own car and drove straight up to San Antonio to the department of his half brother, John Blackhawk. John was watching a replay of a soccer match. He got up to answer the door, dressed in sweatpants and nothing else, with his loose black, thick hair hanging down to his waist. Kill Raven gave him a hard snare. Practicing your Indian look, John made him getting comfortable. Come in. Isn't this a little late for a brotherly visit? Kill Raven lifted the bag he was carrying, put it on the coffee table, and pulled out the painting. His eyes were glowing. You told Winnie Sinclair about the Raven pictures. John caught his breath when he saw the painting. Not only was it of a raven, Molly's favorite bird, but it even had the beadwork and the same colors framing it against the background of a swirling orange and reds. He realized blatantly that I was being accused. He lifted his dark eyes to his brother's light ones. I haven't spoken to Winnie Sinclair ever, unless I'm mistaken. How did she know? The old man's eyes were so much. Somebody had to tell her. When I find out, he'll all strangle him. Just a thought. John Potter. But then you told me that she called for backup on a disaster dispute when you didn't call and ask for it. Cover and Commonwealth. She did. Yeah. Save my butt too. 
the guy had a shotgun and he was holding his wife and daughter hostage when he was with it because the wife was trying to get a divorce. Back arrived with signs and lights blaring. The bird didn't even just long enough for me to do. How did you know? John asked. Killed her friend. I asked. She said she had a feeling. The caller hadn't told her about the shotgun. She said that her strange husband had walked in and made threats. Our father used to have those flashes of insight. Tell me later. It saved his life on more than one occasion. Restless feelings, he called them. Like on the day, on the night my family died, Kilroy sat sitting down heavily in an easy chair in front of the mutant. He went to get gas in his car for the next day when he had a trip out of town for the bureau. He could have gone any time, but he went then. When he came back, you don't have the city police force were inside, John winced. John winced. I wish they could have spared you that. Kilroy's eye was terrible. I can't get it out of my mind. Live with it night and day. So did Dad. He drank himself to death. He thought maybe if he'd had gone to get gas, they'd have let, have lived. Or he have died. He was recalling Alice Mayfield Jones's lecture the week before. Alice Jones read me the riot act about the word if. He smiled. Silently. I guess he's right. Can't change what happened. at John. But I'd give ten years of my life to catch the guy who did it. We'll get them, Jones. I promise you, we will. Had supper yet? He asked. Covering shirts had no appetite. Look at the pain we made. Remember how Melly used her crowns? Yes. Even at the age of three. She had great talent. He stopped abruptly. John Stark Eyeshot. That's the first time I've heard you say your name in seven years, Mac, he said gently. Kilburn, don't call me. Mac is a perfectly nice nickname for McEwen. He said something like, your name from one of the most famous poets of the 70s, Rod McEwen. I've got a book of his poems around here somewhere. A lot of them were made into songs. Kilraven looked at the bulging bookcases. They were plastic bins of books. Technically, how do you ever read all those? He asked the guest. John Clare, I could ask you the same question. You've got even more books than I have. The only thing is you have more of our gaming discs. Makes up for a social life, I guess. He confessed what she was doing. I know, John Grimmers. In fact, it was both. That guy got shot about getting involved with women after it happened. So did I. Killed him, confessed. He studied the I was furious about that. He said, indicating that the beadwork is just like what Melly drew. She was a sweet, beautiful child, don't you It isn't fair to her to put so far back in your memories that she's lost forever. Killed Raven drew in a long breath. I guess so. Gilders eat me alive. Maybe Alice is right. Maybe we, we only think we have control over life and death. Maybe so, John smiled. I've got leftover pizza in the fridge and soda. There's a killer soccer match on. The World Cup comes around next summer. Well, well, well whoever I root for will lose, like always. He replied. He sat down on some. So, who's playing? Yes, nodding toward the television. Winnie was sick at heart when she left after the party to go home. She made Kilraven furious, and just before he was due to leave Jacobsville, she probably would never see him again, especially now. What in the world happened to you? Her sister-in-law, Keely, asked when she came into the kitchen where the younger woman was making popcorn. What do you mean? Winnie asked, trying to bluff it out. Don't give me that. Keely put her arms around her and hugged her. Come on, tell Keely all about it. When he burst into tears, I gave Kilraven a painting. He wasn't supposed to know it was me, but he did. He looked straight at me like he hated me. She sniffed, I've ruined everything. The painting of the raven, Kilraven, it was gorgeous. I thought it looked pretty good, when he replied. 
But he glared at me as if he wanted to tear a hole in me, and then he just walked out of the party and never came back. Maybe he doesn't like ravens, the other woman suggested. Some people are afraid of birds. When he laughed, now thankfully had a skeely put a paper towel in her hand. She dried one. Killer ravens are not afraid of anything. I suppose not. Doesn't take chances, though, she mouthed. Didn't you send backup for him after some attempted shooting lately? They were talking about it at work. One of our girls is related to Shirley, who works with you at the 911 operations center, she reminded her. When he grimaced, she took her purse off her shoulder, tossed it on the floor, and sat down on him. Yes, I did. I don't know why. I just had a terrible feeling that something bad was going to happen if I didn't. The caller didn't say anything about the perp having a gun, but he had a loaded shotgun, and he was so drunk, he didn't care if he killed his estranged wife and their little girl. Killed Raven rocked right into it. They were both remembering an earlier incident when Winnie was a new dispatcher, and Shane failed to mention a gun involving in a domestic dispute. Killed Raven hadn't been involved in that one, and he'd given her a lecture about it. She was more, much more careful now. How did you know? Keely persisted. I really couldn't say when he laughed. I've had feelings like that all my life. No one thinks that I had no reason to know. My grandmother used to set the table for company when we didn't even know anybody was coming. They showed up just when she thought they would. The second sight, she called it. A gift. I've heard that them say that Cash Grier's wife Tippy has it. So have I, when he shrugged. I don't know, though. I just get feelings. Usually they're bad ones. She looked at Keely. I've had one all day. I can't shake it. And I don't think Kill Raven's reaction to my gift was the reason. I wonder. Who's that coming up the driveway? Boone Sinclair asked, joining them. He brushed gifts against Keely's mouth. Expecting someone. He asked her in the candy winning question. No, he said. No, Keely said. Me either, when he replied. Is it Clark? He flew up to Dallas this morning for a meeting with some cattle buyers for me. Finally, he went to an old car, he marked. Well, kept it old. There are two people in it. His face taunted as a woman got out of the driver's seat and went around the passenger side. She stood in the edge of the security lights because it was already dark. Boone recognized her just from the way she walked. She spoke to somebody in the car, was handed a briefcase out the window. She smiled, nodded, and tore and turned toward the house. She hesitated just for a minute before she started up the steps of the front pool. Boone got a good look at her then. She was, he thought, the splitting image of Winnie. His face went harder. Keely knew something was going on from their expression. Winnie was staring out the window next to Boone, her dark eyes flashing like sirens before Keely could even ask, could ask a single question. Winnie exploded. Her? She exclaimed, How dare she come here? How dare she? End of chapter one.